Welcome back. What is it? Episode five. Something like that. Of Lady, You're Scaring Us. I'm Hillary. I'm Taylor. And Morgan is out doing nice girl shit and couldn't join us today. So we have a special guest, Fatma. Hey. <laughs> She's super excited. She um, So when we were telling her about the podcast, she was like, ooh, I want to be in it, but I want to tell you guys a story. So she's going to be telling us a story. I have no idea who or what it is. You texted me the name, and I was like, I've never heard of him, and I didn't look up anything else. I think it's a him. It's a him. I didn't look up anything else. Sweet. She gave me a brief couple sentences, and I said, stop. Yep, she didn't want to hear anymore. Yeah, I'm going in completely blind. Nice. So, who are we talking about? (laughs) So, we are talking about Pedro, the monster of the Andes, Lopez. Okay, so... He is one of the most famous serial killers on the earth. We're talking America, Peru. We're talking Colombia. Colombia. But he was a traveler in that region, which is why they call him the monster of Of the the Andes. Andes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, let me take you back. How far are we going? 1948, October 8th. Oh, God. He was born on that day to a mother who was a prostitute okay. and also had 13 children total. Jeez. God. He was number seven. So he's only done one interview ever. And that's where I got most of my information from. There's a lot out there about him. And there's like a lot of these uh, websites that mm-hmm. talk about different murder people murders so there's a lot of information out there that it's like not easy to corroborate yeah especially because like real and what's not right yeah. especially because he's not from america mm-hmm. so what i ended up doing is just getting most of my information from that interview because it's legit all right it starts off by talking about how he was seventh of the 13 children they all slept in the same bed in this really small house, they're really poor. And the only thing that separated them from their mom, hard at work. Oh, God. That's a good was way to a put sheet, it. sheet, right? <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. was a sheet. So they could hear her for sure. Yeah. And then they could kind of see he... To take tra- your kid to work day. <laughs> every night. Yeah. Yeah. The trauma. Jesus. Yeah. All the kids. 13 kids. Yeah. In and, one bed. Uh, yeah. And hard at work. Hard at work. Yeah. You think? Well, that's, no. that's you would hope sad. the guy'd be like, um, I can't. There's I your can't. kids over there. I mean, well, speaking of that, his dad is actually one of her clients oh, yeah. who was having an affair, mm. so he didn't even really have a dad. Did they all? Well, you may not know. Did they all have different dads? Or probably. Really? I, don't know. Okay. I didn't look into probably, the rest of the kids. He probably doesn't know. Right? Yeah, she yeah. probably doesn't know. Yeah, and then the client. That's the dad comes back and going, mm, yeah, how would he know kind of, for sure it was This his. one kind of looks like me. How would he I feel like know? she knew. I feel like the mom knew. Probably. And like. I guess if you keep good track of your schedule. Yeah. Of clients and yourself. Well, I mean, 13 kids and he's seven. I mean, by the seventh, she probably knows what's up when I'm, she's getting I'm, pregnant. I'm picturing this bed. I'm picturing like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory Grandma and Grandpa bed. Ooh, that's a good. Mm. That's a good that's picture. <laughs> I mean, that's what they knew, so it probably wasn't that Yeah, weird. and so it's some, yeah, exactly. Like, if that's how you grew up and you know nothing else, like, who knows? Maybe they thought everybody did that at home. Like, anyway. All right, so they're super poor, and like, during this time, there's like a lot of riots and stuff, so like, it's crazy outside, it's crazy inside. So he like remarks about how his mom was like super punitive when they were young, like, she was mean, even though she like tried to make it seem like she was a really nice mom and like good to her kids, which, okay. Um, <laughs> 
So, Real but he PTA said, mom. Yeah. Right? So he said that, you know, sometimes she would even let her clients hit her. Well. Yeah. So you've got these kids who are watching their mom. Right earn money by, you know, selling her body, being abused. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the first incidences of, I guess, proof that his mother was very punitive is when he was eight, he got caught by his mom molesting his younger sister. I knew something like that was going to come up. You know it is. Yeah, you got 13 kids in a bed and your mom's working next door. Not even next door. No. Just across the sheet. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh... She decides, as punishment, she's going to take him all the way to the edge of town from where they're at. So they're in a a town called Tolima, Colombia. Mm -hmm. Takes him all the way to the edge of town, drops him off, leaves. He's like, I found my way home. Like a dog. Right. He's like, well, I found my way home. So what she did is she put him on a bus and had the bus take him 200 miles away. He's eight. And now he has no home and no mom and dad. So he goes to this town. And he's eight years old, no money, nothing on the streets. Some guy like comes to him and is like, hey, I'll take care of you. Mm. I'll feed you. I'll give you a place to live. But at what cost? Right. So he follows this guy. The guy takes him to an abandoned building and just like repeatedly rapes this kid. Repeatedly. In the interview, at this point in the story, he tells the interviewer, that's when I first realized, like, I'm going to do this to girls for the rest of my life. He's like, that's when I knew. So uh, I also learned that his father was killed at, like, a local grocery store because they had riots going yeah. on. So, like, that's – so he had uh, he had no dad because he was killed six months before he was born. So mom mm. has nowhere to take Dump him. Dump him. Right. Plus it was an affair, so he, she probably couldn't have dumped him there anyway. So after that happens, he joins a street gang of kids – in this area. Like on the movie Hostel. Yeah. It's just Jersey. a street gang of kids. Mm-hmm. Or like... I forgot about that movie. Bottle Kids from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except these kids are like... More like the Hostel. Violent. Street yeah, kids. yeah. They like commit crimes and like fight other people to get food and places to sleep. And they're also doing drugs, whatever. Four years later, we're in 1960 now. This American family like finds him. And they're like, cool, we're going to adopt you. He gets enrolled in an orphan school. So my thought was, if you're adopted by an American family, unless they're not there anymore, why would you go to an orphan school? Because isn't the definition of an orphan that you don't have guardians? Guardians? Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, weird. So Maybe surprise, surprise, he's in orphan school and gets molested. Fit in better. So, his, so he, what, he's adopted... So an American family adopts him. And I'm thinking the more that I like read, they were here right mm-hmm. in america and they adopted him and then he went to an orphan school that they paid for him to go to so they more of like sponsored him yeah but i mean it's he said they, yeah. they adopted him yeah. but like he never talks about them again because they, he goes to the school they he, weren't around yeah yeah right yeah. which he's used to obviously nobody's yeah. ever around it's probably so. just like cool somebody's paying for my shit yeah i gotta, yeah. Take, a, I gotta take a monthly picture and it's fine so, yeah, go figure. He gets molested. Again, yeah. right? So this time, he's like, I'm out. He runs away, goes back to his street life. Mm-hmm. And this is where his crimes start to come out. So his first, like, string of crimes is auto theft. He just steals cars to make money. But he gets caught in 1969. And he gets sentenced to seven years for stealing cars. All right. A long time, I guess. Yeah. For car theft. Right. This is what I thought, too. 
I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, especially when you hear the rest of this. So anyway. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah, right? There's more. Uh, so seven years. While he's incarcerated, literally like not even a month into his incarceration, he gets gang raped by three inmates. So How old are we at this point? So we're in 69. So he was born in, what did I say? 40? 48. 48, okay. So he's like... 58 to 68 he's like 21 yeah early 20s early to mid yeah i don't do math he's me either (laughs) he's early 20s so then he makes a shiv and he goes to each of them separately and slits their throats honestly good for him i can't i don't yeah we're not here promoting violence right but but also you can't rape people get got you know but the pot calling the kettle black also right right but i think that the authorities agree with you because they only added two years to his sentence for the three murders because he Mm. called them self-defense and they bought it i mean it's kind of true kind of true yeah so cool they may not have like killed him but they right physically and emotionally tormented him yeah but they killed a part of him for the rest of his life exactly and the dude's already didn't have traumatic. much left probably that's what i'm saying yeah. it's all right he's already had such a traumatic life he gets out in 78 and he goes to peru that's where he decides to settle down and that's when he starts targeting women mm-hmm. so there's a local tribe native tribe and he starts targeting their young women and his count was nearly 100 he like abducts them rapes them kills them before he gets caught by one of the tribe members and they basically like beat him up, torture him, and then they bury him up to his neck in the sand and they put syrup like all mm-hmm. over his face yep. and tell him, all right, you're going to die by being eaten alive by mm-hmm. ants. Like What's that's... that called? I My palms just got sweaty. You haven't heard of that? that? Are your knees weak? Uh, <laughs> moss spaghetti. <laughs> you haven't heard of that form of torture? No. Um, I feel like I thought like I feel like I've heard of it in like a cartoon. Like I've heard of like being buried and then people like stone you. Whoa, I haven't heard that one. But it's really? intense. Yeah, like they'll bury you up to your neck so you can't like, and throw rocks at your head. Yeah, it's called. You act like the, the stones. I mean, you are could dead. just throw rocks at their head. But then they can you don't gotta bury themselves. them. Hold them down. It's called scaphism. Okay. I knew it had a name. There's also oh they would. God. Well, have you heard when they would like tie you down? And they would put rats on your stomach and they'd put a, a bowl hot. over your stomach and put hot stones on it. Well, and it would heat it. up. I and then they'd Fast and Furious Yes. They did that on Fast and Furious? <laughs> yeah, but with a bucket. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, you got to okay. make sure you got the two in there. Yeah. It was like a tin bucket they did yeah, it with. Yeah, the bad guys. Uh, the bad was guy. The bad not, guy in the movie. Why do I feel like it was Bad Boys, not Too Fast, No, too it furious. was Too Fast, Too Furious because he... Because have you ever seen Yellowstone? No. Okay, well, but, I've never okay. seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. So he's buried up to his neck, syrup all over his face, and this American woman drives by in her Jeep, and she convinces the tribe to release him into her custody to take him to the authorities. So the lady, she convinces them. They leave him tied up. They, like, unbury him, but they leave him tied up. Throw Did they wipe the syrup off his face? I don't know. It's a very... Good question. But they threw him in the back of her Jeep and she lied. Instead of like taking him to the authorities, she just like takes him to the border of Columbia because that's where he's from, right? right? You're and free. Yeah. Run, she's go like, home. just go. Don't even know what you did. Don't even care. I care. Peace be with you later. So what she leaves he, him. 
I was about to say he's going to turn around and rape her. So he said to his interviewer that the reason why he did not harm her is because she was too old for him. She was too old to attract him, so he let her go. So he even acknowledges, like, this person helped me, and I still would have raped and murdered them, but she just didn't attract me, so let her go. So now we move to Mr. Pedro being in Ecuador. And this is where the majority of his crime spree happens. I've been to Ecuador. Have you? Mm -hmm. Well, you might not want to go back after you hear, but I'm going to tell you. (laughs) I did meet a guy there. My friend, her and her friends had a little thing where they would go and pass out food to the homeless. So we went and did that one night. And he was American. And he had fled from America because he murdered his daughter's rapist. Yeah. So... He's kidnapping, raping, and murdering in Ecuador. And what he was doing, his, like, M.O., is he would go to the marketplaces, and he would just, like, stalk girls, little girls that were with their moms. And he said that, like, the way he picked them is they had to have a look of innocence and beauty. Gross. And they had to be very helpful to their moms. So he would watch them. Sometimes he'd follow them, like, for days. And then when he makes his decision to get them, the way he would lure them in is he would get their attention with some sort of shiny trinket, offer it to them. And then, if you come with me, I have another one for your mom. Mm. Yeah, so it's, like, all part of his whole day. Mm-hmm. So they would follow him, and he would hold them throughout the evening like a nurturing, loving parent. And then at first light, he would entice them into sex, and then he would strangle them to death. And he said the reason why he waited until first light is because if he killed them at night, it would waste the whole reason that he was like getting off on it, which was to watch the life leave their eye. That's dark. So I got a quote for you. (laughs) Just for you, Taylor. Okay, what is it? He said about killing them. You you know, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But like from a psych standpoint, you sit Mm -hmm. there and think, okay, he wants to watch the light go out of his eyes, almost like the light left him in childhood. Yeah. So this is what he said about it, though. He's like, there's Maybe a... Maybe it's some kind of weird... I don't know. He said, there's You're a wonderful sticky. moment, a divine moment, when I have my hands around a young girl's throat. I look into her eyes and see a certain light, a spark, suddenly go out. Only those who kill know what I mean. Follows it up with, the moment of death is enthralling and exciting. Someday, when I'm released, I will feel that again. I will be happy to kill again. It's my mission. Hmm. So he truly believes, like, his life mission is to just kill little girls. He's like, hey, if you let me go, I'm going to do it again. Yes, exactly. He admits to it, like, this is what I'm going to do. The other thing he liked to do, so he was collecting bodies, basically. Like, sometimes when he took the girls to the, the areas where these crimes were committed, he would already have graves dug up with bodies in it. And sometimes he would get bored and play with the bodies, like tea parties. And then once they like bored him because they weren't moving, he would go get more. So he has these shallow graves. He's throwing these girls in there. And there was like a a river that overflowed in this town he was at in 1979 in Ambato, Ecuador. Four bodies of young girls washed up. Three of them had been strangled so viciously that their eyes were out of the socket. And three days later, old Pedro trying to abduct a girl. He got her to start walking with him when mom noticed my daughter's walking away with a random stranger. So she starts screaming. Bunch of like the locals grab him hold him down till the authorities show up so he gets arrested and they're like somehow thinking maybe he's connected to these bodies that just washed up maybe maybe so he goes they put him in a cell and they got this detective who was undercover as a fellow rapist to be his cellmate and the detective boss yeah yeah really 
Yeah. Me yeah. Too. Me too. <laughs> right. But the dude literally said for 27 days he was scared for his life the whole time. He's he like, slept. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Get me out. Yeah. He slept with a towel around his neck. Like um, around his throat. Yeah, but I feel like that'd be... So that's what I was thinking. That you just grab the towel and go, yeah, you know, make it easy yeah. for him to strangle yeah. Give him yeah. some handlebars. I don't know what, like, maybe he just had it, because I said around his throat. So I wonder if he just, like, had it right here so that if the dude tried to strangle him, there would be, like, a little bit of space. And he could maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. pull it. I don't know. But this was his mindset. I thought she was, like, <laughs> such a weird tactic. You're going to be a wimp. Don't take that job, first of all. <laughs> I've... He probably was like, yeah, I got it. And I then realized how fucking dark this guy was. And, and he's was like, like maybe yeah. I think help me. I think that's exactly it. Because the dude spent the whole 27 days, like, recounting in detail yeah, telling what he did to all these little girls. I actually watched, there was a um, podcast that had, like, the video of them sitting there. Well, there was, like, a guy that had worked in the cafeteria of a prison. And there was, like, multiple serial killers that had been in there. And they were like, who is the one that, like, was, like the most um like you're like this guy doesn't this guy needs to don't be fuck like, with him this guy needs to be at like the basement of the mm-hmm. prison mm-hmm. and he the saw prisoner that even prisoners were scared right of. and yeah. he named like i can't remember all the ones he named but like son of sam and like all the big whatever and he was like no he was son of sam scared of son of sam, he goes, son of sam like you he's like i met him and he i was like this guy didn't he either it didn't do it or he didn't do it alone and then he was like the one i'm gonna forget his name the one that deserved to be at the bottom of the fucking prison was the Amityville horror guy. Oh, shit. What was his name? Do you remember? DeFeo. Yeah. And he said the only reason he said that was because they would, like, strike up conversation with him. And then he would just be like, well, how are you doing today? Whatever. And he was like, I'm good. But, you know, like, I just I, I just didn't kill my grandma. And they were like, what? Like that's what he just thought about all yeah, the time. Yeah. Like, he like, was I like, because what the guy was saying was, like, in his head... The only way he was going to get to heaven is if he finished the job and killed his entire family. So, like, thinking about this guy being like, oh, I can do it, getting in there with him and realizing how dark he is. Like, even the other... Pull me out. Even other people who've gone in there for violent crimes meet these Mm -hmm. people and are like, nope. I mean, that's interesting that that's who he chose. I'm assuming just, just based off of the other ones that were in there. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It was surprising to me. I thought it was kind of funny. But then again, if he really is like, say, psychotic and he really truly believes that like, man, I just like, I didn't finish a job. That's scary. Well, that's like Ed Kemper. After he Dude, killed his mom, he was like, Kemper. I'm done. I'll just call the police on myself. Yeah. And then he helped the FBI yeah. for a while mm-hmm. profile other. It, did, and he just killed his mother? No. no. He killed a bunch of co-eds too. Yeah. I can't remember. He killed his, his mom, and then, I remember his mom because it was so like grotesque. Yeah. but I don't remember the other one. But he was like, "Yeah, I, I killed my mom, and I don't have the feeling to kill anybody anymore." Like, imagine being his roommate, <laughs> right? Like, so <laughs> roommate, cellmate, whatever. Yeah, you're living together in a room. I wonder if he really did even like hey, have a cellmate. Hey, Ed, could you like could you keep it down, toilet, please? <laughs> I wish you'd pick up after. I was like, fucking. <laughs> yeah, could you? Just, you're leaving your socks everywhere. Could you please just stop it? Or like even Charles Manson. He would just look at him and be like, I fucked my mom's head. Yeah. yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, never mind. Uh, I, I got it. It's up. fine. Yeah, you know I got I'll it. Pick it up. I'll pick it up. I'll flush it. It's fine. Never mind. Just for, forget it. <laughs> what are you in here for? Uh, I robbed somebody. God. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, he confesses to all this stuff, but it like goes over Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. He then decides he's going to take the police to 53 graves. 
53, before he was like, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. And in 1980, he pleaded guilty to 110 murders. He was sentenced to the max, which is 20 years. And there is also no death penalty in Ecuador. 20, 20 years two zero. for all of For them. 110 murders, which they even said that, like, he was claiming, like, upwards of 300. But he they, he only, like, admitted to 110. But, like, he was claiming, which, you know. That's wild. He only served 18 of those years and was released. For good behavior. For good behavior, yeah. Even though he said, I'm going to do it again. Uh, right, so okay. he... And I'll do it again. So exactly. this, we're talking about somebody who needed the death penalty because it was just going to keep going. Yeah, and he admitted, like, even if you don't give him a death penalty because your country doesn't agree with it or, uh, you know, believe in it, he should be you institutionalized. Don't believe, you don't believe in, like, you know what? Who knows you don't why, believe in but... that, but it's like you believe in people killing people for other reasons. He gets out. In 1999. Mm. And he went back to Ecuador. Like, stayed there. Because they took him. Yeah, they're like, all right, you're out. Go back to Colombia. Bye. But he didn't want to go back to Colombia because, like. He might go to jail forever. (laughs) If they catch him in Colombia. Because he's got tons of, like, murders there that are, like, hooked to him. They're like, Mm -hmm. it was him. We got to get him, right? So he knows not to go there because they do have the death penalty. And also, he would go to prison for the rest of his life. So he goes back to Ecuador. And two weeks later, he gets caught by the police. And they just took him to the border. This is the other thing that I don't understand. Never did anybody like custody to custody. Like, let me give you from our police mm-hmm. station to their hey, police station. Hey, come get your boy. Yeah, it was like, I'm going to drive you to the border and drop you off. Have a nice day. Don't come back to my country. So the second time, that's exactly what they did. So they took him to the border and said, don't ever come back. So where did he go? Nobody knows. Nobody knows where he is. So the dude said, like the, the interviewer, when he was talking about Pedro, he was like, when I first went into the jail and I saw him, the one thing I noticed about him, and I don't know if it was because like, I know his MO was how big his hands were. And he was like, first of all, he only agreed to the interview if the like head of the prison's daughter came in, but she was like older and all he wanted to do was just touch her. But did they she, allowed it. Did she consent to this? She allowed it. They allowed it. I'd be and like, then, touch no, me where? Her hands. Okay. I'd be like, no, dad. Yeah. And no, then he was cool. like, don't worry. Like, she's too old for me. I'm not going to do anything to her. I just want to touch her. And so it happened. He did the interview. But Oh, God. The interviewer was like, when he shook my hand, if I had been wearing a ring, my fingers would have been broken because he just like squeezed the life out of my hand. And it was a male interviewer. Yeah. So. Male. The other thing that I found earlier when I was talking about how, like, different websites say different things, I did find on, like, three different websites, but again, because of the dates of the interview, I don't buy it. But some articles claim that he was actually released in 1994 and sent back to Colombia, and he was tried in 95. And when they went to sentence him, they deemed that he was insane, and they sent him to an asylum instead. And then, two years later, three years later, in 98... They're like, actually, you're not insane and you're reformed. We're letting you go. Guys. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. But I don't think that's accurate because, like I said, in the interview, the last part of the interview, which is not the interview, it's just like what the interviewer wrote about it. He was like, on New Year's Eve 1999 or New Year's Day 1999, he said that they showed up to his cell like in the middle of the night, picked him up put him in the back of a van, transported him to Colombia, the border, and let him go. And that was the last he was ever heard of or seen from. with the border. I know. I never understood that. The border keeps giving him back. 
No, they don't even like he. Da- they don't even tell them that he's back. They just drop him off and drive away. They like it's like his home. mom he's all over. He's probably figured it out by now. By yeah. he's like, you can just drop me off right over uh, there. Yeah, he's got yeah. like a stump full of maybe stuff. I don't know. Well, maybe the wilderness got the best of them and he died. So here are some of the theories around where he went because he's to not hell. been located. <laughs> Some speculate that when he was returned, some, like, family of some of his victims found him and, like, killed him. That'd be nice. But, like, right now, he's 75 years old, and nobody knows where he is or what he's doing or if he's even alive. Never heard from him again. But so that's why, like, the interviewer was talking about, too. Like, Ecuador is a place that's, like, a playground for serial killers because they all know they can't get the death penalty. And they all know that if they get caught, 20 years max sentence. It makes you think he had to have died. He had to. Because he, he said he was going to yeah. keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Or, or he, he just... He is still doing and it. And he's just on the move. And or he's he on just, the move. Or yeah. he's gone to a place. Like, okay, so his MO, right, is little girls in, like marketplace so what if he found a spot where like in the sex industry where there's a lot of little kids that no one's asking questions about still doing the same shit but like never going to get caught because nobody cares where these kids kids are are. but at the same time you'd think he probably likes the chase of it too and that would be too easy the danger I don't know. He doesn't talk about liking the chase. He talks yeah. about liking but he to watch them for the... days. Yeah, I think just to ensure that he could get them, mm-hmm. but not all of them. He said sometimes he would mm-hmm. do that. Well, going back to that darkness that he was talking about, like seeing the light leave their eyes. I don't think that the children in that that industry would have a lot of light. Yeah. So that's the dude, man. That's that's him, the that's... monster of the Andes. Yeah, he's one of the most famous serial killers because of his body count. It's like unconfirmed 300 and some little kids. Plus like the four he killed, obviously, in jail. and Who knows how many when he was in his street gang. Mm-hmm. The creepiest thing was the hand thing and the one that touched that and just, I don't like that. That was the thing that really got me too when I was reading about it. I'm just like, dude, this guy is like... Because he's got to be a big guy. Yeah, and they had pictures of him, actually. In the interview, there was, like, pictures of him. I wanted to show you one of them. I meant to, like, get it on my phone because it's almost like a... It's like... I don't know how to describe it, but he's, like, posing. But it's like a, a Vogue pose. He's got his hands around his neck. <laughs> I'm serious. Like a glamour shot? They're glamour. It's a glamour oh, shot. Just like he a doesn't look that big in that picture. He doesn't. No, he I know. Little... Let me... I want to find this... The um, original. This is. These are both from that. Yeah, you can't really see how big he is in these photos, but he's a tall he's dude got a with big huge head. hands. Like, look at his hands against his face. But see how he takes vogue shots. <laughs> he likes to. I like, honestly, pose. He, he's better looking than I thought he would be. He like smiles a lot. Oh, here's a picture from that article interview. Look how big his hands are, dude. Oh my god. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the chick. Let's That's see. the daughter. Where he was like, she has to come in here, and I gotta touch her hands. Then I can why? do this. Hey, why would her dad? That's what I. The said, thing is, okay. like, looking at I think him, why would just, she? be okay with I think that. they just she, wanted the interview so bad. She visibly does not look okay. I've but never heard of, never heard of him. Mm-mm. Never heard of but him. But I oh. wish I had <laughs> just kidding. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit disturbing. It, it gives, it's sad. It's like, it's gross. It's sad. But the fact, I'm hoping, I really am hoping that he just, someone killed him, ganged up and killed him, because otherwise. Where, what do you think? I think he went somewhere else. So you think he's still I don't out know. there? There's a very big part of me that thinks he just got what he deserved and he's gone. Because, like, I agree with you. I feel like if he was still out there, he would still be yeah. doing it. 
So I feel like he very easily could have just went to a new location and got smarter about it. He had 20 years to think about. He knew he was going to do it again, and he knew he was getting out. So, I mean, maybe he spent the next 20 years just plotting, like, how am I going to get away with it? I mean, I wouldn't go back. Why would he go back to a country that everybody knows who he is? And he's already literally admitted to 110 of them, like, and his count's like 350. So... Why would you go back? Everybody sees your face and your big hands. They know. Oof. Yeah. So maybe he went underground with it and continued. And maybe he's still alive. Or maybe he did get caught and just got just never saw his remains again. They just really messed him up, you know? I feel like they would have cut his hands off and paraded him around town. Maybe. <laughs> I, I feel like somebody would have taken credit for that. Yeah. Like, I killed him. Makes you wonder. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, like I said, I'd never heard of him either, I don't think. Oh. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Bye.